we're quite happy with the, the word disability that you gave us. Just because you feel guilty, you yeah. feel that you have to change it up. You don't need to change it up. We're proud and we're disabled. So let's just let's just keep that going, you know? Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability, why they're proud to be disabled, and why they're proud to be themselves. Chris, welcome to Disabled and Proud. How are you today? I am absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Oh, I'm so looking forward to this chat. I think I'm going to learn so much. We're going to have great conversation. Oh, I'm just, I'm super excited to hear the raw uncut version of who Chris is I'm so looking forward to this fantastic so my first question that I ask absolutely every single person that comes on this podcast and it's actually one that I think is really important to start with is how do you refer to your disability that's a that's a great question so um I am disabled and proud um, I'm proudly, <laughs> I'm proudly uh, autistic. I mm -hmm. proudly have a syndrome, what's a form of Down syndrome called Arslog syndrome. Um, so it is Down syndrome. Um, I do have an extra chromosome, but it is slightly different, but it still comes under Down syndrome. See, what I love about that is that, again, it's that whole idea that disability is an umbrella term. And mm -hmm. as you've just said, like it's a part of down syndrome but it's not exactly it's it's like a, it's like an extension right and this is what the whole idea of disability comes down to is that actually mm -hmm. it's a massive umbrella term for a whole multitude of different things and mm -hmm. like and isn't that like the best thing ever because you can be like you can just be what you want under that umbrella like there's no set guidance and no set rules mm. you know for myself you know i I love being disabled and it's only taken probably the last two years I could honestly say that you know I've been through a, I've been through a real journey of life right to, mm -hmm. to come to this point of where loving myself and loving who I am you know loving my identity um yeah. you know it's been a process and I think you know saying you know like my you know my disability doesn't define me um and makes me who I am I mean it's evident right you know you've got to take you you look at me and you and you probably see that I have a, a syndrome and mm -hmm. you know I think with that I think it's it's so important to kind of have that self-love in, within yourself and kind mm -hmm. of really you know really mean it I think it's something like really really mean it because if people say oh yeah I love who I am yet they're, they're hiding under their covers and they're crying yeah. because of of their difference I think you know like yourself I think we're in such a time right now where our difference is so significant and I think yeah. it's so apparent that why we do these have these conversations is not just necessarily for the disabled community but on a wider audience for the for the non-disabled community to to understand a little bit more about us and when they see a genuine love that we who we are as people you know they will welcome us in i think we're in such a amazing time right now as a disabled community um that you know where we've always felt really marginalized but i think the question is 
I think to the non-disabled people is they are, they're frightened and they're scared. And we as the disabled community have a massive responsibility to not not you know point fingers all the time and say yeah you know you know you've got this wrong so we're going to penalize you when actual mm -hmm. fact um we should actually turn around and be like no we don't like to be called differently abled um no yeah. we don't really <laughs> like these type of these type of words we're, we're quite happy with the, the word disability that you gave us um just mm -hmm. because you feel guilty you yeah. feel that you have to change it up. You don't need to change it up. We're proud and we're disabled. So let's just let's just keep that going, you know? And it is, it's it's total reclamation of the word disabled, <laughs> isn't it? Because the I I I hate the term differently abled. I think there's <laughs> there's so much negativity that surrounds it. But you're <laughs> right in what you say that actually it's a fear of getting it wrong. And actually, again, your point is perfectly made is that actually as disabled people, while sometimes it is a massive effort to educate and not everybody wants to be a part of that and, and not everybody should as well, because some mm. people just aren't naturally born educators and that's completely fine. Mm. As disabled people, there is a level of education that sometimes has to be given to those who aren't disabled to understand mm. how we are and how we how we view ourselves, but also mm how we can help others who aren't in our community mm -hmm. accept and welcome and also embrace the community for what it is, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, can I give you an example? Oh, my God, yeah, of course you can. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, two years ago, I met a young, young, wonderful boy by the name of Jacob. Um, Jacob has a very rare syndrome called Kabuki syndrome. He's also deaf and he also has, um, he's also just been diagnosed with autism. He is a twin um, of, of, of his twin sister, uh, Hannah, who um, is, all, you know, is not, is not disabled. And yeah. when I started Open Book um, in 2021, um, Teresa, his mum, kind of found the platform and she was watching it and, you know, you know, really intrigued, obviously really wanting to see, you know, older disabled people really for, for her son, right, to kind yeah. of find some of her identity. Well, Jacob um, really warmed to me in such a such a strong way. And mm -hmm. me and his mother started talking. And from that, we've, we've framed a massive and great relationship. Yeah. But Jacob, bless him. He rings me every single evening after school. He rings me after school. He believes I'm a celebrity. He believes when he's watching <laughs> my podcast, he thinks I'm famous. He thinks I'm a, a, a this celebrity. And, you know, and, you know, you know, all the time he looks at me in awe and waiting for, you know, looks at me in awe. And the wonderful thing about it is, is, you know, literally sort of like a few months ago, it was late, late in the evening, his mum uh, sent me a WhatsApp message and she was like, Chris, I got to say something to you that he said. And he was like, mummy, he looks like me. And I was like, wow, I yeah. was taken back by that. Yeah. And the wonderful part of this, as much as it's incredible and encouraging for, for us to hear this, is actually Jacob is black, mm -hmm. right? I want to yeah. point that out right now. It had nothing to do with race. It has yeah. an, the identity of actually seeing something 
of what inspires him and saying that I want to go out there and do this. And what's yeah. incredible, when we was at Disability Expo, that Jacob was there front and centre taking photos of me. I ended up bringing him onto the stage for a moment. And then, you know, everyone was like clapping, but you could see the genuine love and how inspired he was. And when I see the younger generation of today, that they're embracing their disability, they're unashamed, they're unapologetic and saying, this is who I am. And when they can do that, and when I see these young, vibrant, disabled people that are doing phenomenally well right now, I mean, when you see these TikTok accounts and their Instagram accounts and celebrating who they are, as a 44-year-old man, having that type of confidence at that age, the world mm. is our oyster. And that, for me, is encouraging that though we may not necessarily see the change that we want in our life, we know the next generation is going to be going up there, smashing down the door, taking off the ceiling. And for me, firsthand, I'm inspired and I, I'm sure you are as well. Yeah, I just I love all of everything that you just said. And I think what's so important is that that representation is there mm. because represent we, we all are aware of this fact that representation mm. is lacking. Mm. It's slowly getting better, don't get me wrong, oh, but it is massively lacking and it has been for, well, ever since media really began, let's be quite honest. Oh, right? Absolutely. You know, disabled people didn't exist on TV until I think it was something crazy like 15 years ago, which is absolutely ludicrous. Um, mm. But actually, this ties in really, really nicely because you were just talking about the youth of today. <laughs> and I was wondering, what was childhood like for you 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 said to be open and honest, right? Yeah, yeah. Be as open yeah. and as honest as you as you want yeah, to be. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I would love to turn around and say it was uh, skittles and rainbows, but yeah. the sad reality it wasn't. Um, life was extremely cruel to me. Um, I was nonverbal till I was eight years old, and you know a lot of people are surprised, but by that now because you can't shut me up. <laughs> <laughs> but yet I was non-verbal until I was eight but the sad reality is that I was extremely bullied as a child um you know like I won't go too much into it I'm not here to, to upset your audience but yeah. you know I was you know walking home from school one day you know a group of boys would think it would be funny to strip me down naked throw me in stinging nettles and urinate on me and you know and these were things that would constantly be apparent um mm -hmm. you know I I'm very open of the fact of, of of issues and stuff that I've gone on that's up on my social media I was mm -hmm. sadly sexually abused when I was young and that was something that um you know being in you know being in traumatic you know trauma counseling from the age yeah. of 14 years old even down to date but you know I think for myself you know it's it's what it's what I've learned from those of, of those of those traumas and learning from those pains. Um, mm -hmm. Again, as I said, the last two years I've been on this real self love journey. You know yeah. the, the the tears. You know coming home from, from school and just saying to my mum, "Why am I different? Why can I not fit in?" Well, now mm -hmm. I understand because I'm called to stand out, and I think that comes down to that whole personal journey and that that love and who we are as individuals and yeah. we can you know you know recognize that actually I'm not the problem 
I'm not I'm not the one with the issue. It's actually those who that that are feared and they're scared. I mean, I think you were absolutely right in what you said about it's only been the last 15 years since they put someone with a disability within the media. But let's mm -hmm. not forget it's only been 90 years since I would have been allowed to even walk the street by myself, right? Yeah. I mean. The, the, the truth be told that I, I had to be hidden, you know, or locked away. Someone who has mm. Down syndrome, that's what, what it was. And, you know, we can say, as you said, we, we can see how far we have come. But let's be honest, we're the most marginalised group in society. And disability doesn't discriminate. It affects every no. race, religion, sex and age. But as you, as you clearly know, these type of conversations just simply don't exist. And what you're doing and what I'm doing is making a difference and you are yeah. making this huge impact. And, you know, this is why I stand with you. I think what we what we need to do in the disabled community is we need to unite in one accord to bring forth the change. We've yeah. got to stop competing with each other and collectively yes. work together to make that difference because what I'm seeing, the sad truth about it is, is everyone's worried that, if I make it and I bring someone else in, then there's not going to be room for me. It's yeah. rubbish. Guys, whoever's listening to this, stop that thinking and let's collaborate. You know, I, I say this and I'll, and I'll end it. So I told you I can talk, right? <laughs> no, I love, <laughs> I love this because everything you're saying really resonates with me, which means it's going to resonate with other people as well. Absolutely. But also, I really like to foster conversation that, invokes critical thinking and so even if someone else doesn't necessarily agree with what you're saying they can understand the reasoning behind what you said and, and I think mm. ex exactly what you've just literally just said about collaboration is mm. absolutely imperative because you're right there is a competitive element to the disabled community because mm. everybody wants to be the loudest voice everyone wants to be the most impactful voice you know you're mm -hmm. almost co you're co comparing and contrasting stories all the time and who's got the most tragic story but also who's got mm -hmm. the most empowering story and, mm -hmm. and, and it's a constant battle because at one point someone sees themselves or or the the media outside of the disabled community sees them mm -hmm. as quote unquote more disabled so therefore they get more airtime and that's amazing mm -hmm. and, and actually mm -hmm. You're right. That's not what it's about. It's about no. all of us actually coming together and being like, yo, like we actually have something to say, but we all need to say it together because, mm. you know, two voices that stand alone aren't that loud, but two voices together make a much bigger impact. Absolutely. And I mean, just on that note, I think I look at in the, was it 19, oh, the early 90s and the Million Man March, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that was before social media. Can you believe that? The Million Man March was before social media. So what impact we could do as the disabled community if we unified together and actually brought one voice to actually bring forth that change? And I think that's something that I'm so, what I'm working towards, especially within the, with the corporate sector and the job that I do. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit yeah. later. But I'm very, I'm very excited about the work that we're doing, um, especially within, within, you know, within the, within the, within the corporate sector. So, mm -hmm. but we'll get into that in a minute. But, I, but you're absolutely right. Unite in one accord, and let's go out there and, and be that change. Yeah, I also really want to thank you for sharing your story of your childhood because I know that's not an easy story to tell. So I really appreciate you opening up to me and, to, and speaking about it because I think these 
you're right you you learn from what you go through regardless of whether you want to or not but actually I really want to thank you for that because it's not easy topics to talk about and and I really appreciate you sharing that on this platform you know well absolutely like I said my past does not dictate my present and what I do in my present will build me a better future you know I think the wonderful thing about why I can open up and I can share these stories one is because I've got healing right I'm here from these things you know I understand that it's I don't need to take wrong responsibility it's not mm. a woe me situation this situation does not doesn't define who I am you know I in actual fact I know through me being through the processes that I've gone through and the changes and the challenges that I've that I've seen is making mm. me the person that I am today and I think with that type of strength and that type of ability has actually redefined me as a person and I don't hold resentment anymore. I have love and compassion, right, towards not just my, not just to my, the own disabled community, but I also have love and compassion for the, even the non-disabled community, right? Because the the, the, the truth be told, you know, and I'll share a little bit about this before I get into work, about my, about my job now, Obviously, I work within the corporate space. So I'm the first Down syndrome person to work in payments globally in the world, right? Yeah. And I was petrified going into that environment. Yeah. Absolutely petrified. Now, can you imagine going into that space where, where they're talking millions every day and thinking mm-hmm. a Down syndrome person walking around this beautiful office space? Who's going to want to work along with me? Mm-hmm. But do you know something? There are people that work within that organisation where I work that have children with disabilities. Yeah. Could you imagine the faces of, of my now colleagues yeah. who I work with day to day who have an eight who has an eight-year-old who has Down syndrome, absolutely petrified by what you know, what is my child going to be like? Yeah. Greater than me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can only say that because of the love I have for myself now. Yeah. And and actually that really ties into what you were saying earlier is that actually that representation matters <laughs> because, you know, you're showing up in a space that traditionally, and I'm talking, you know, years, but it's still, it's still incredibly true, actually. Traditionally, disabled people are not necessarily welcome in corporate the corporate world. No, not at all. Well, actually, I can, t- I can tell you now within banking, it's only mm-hmm. 6% of people registered. This is globally in the world right now. 6% yeah. of people with only 6% of people within banking industry have registered that they're disabled. 6%. 6%. That is alarming, isn't it? It is. That's absolutely alarming. Because when you think about the general population of the world or general population of the world, you know what I mean? the percentage of disability in in the global population is bigger than six percent so it's Mm -hmm. it's bigger than six percent in banking it's just whether or not you disclose that information or not exactly exactly oh my goodness that has like it's it's made me sad and angry Mm. but also it's made me realize that we got to keep going because we have to the reclamation of disability and disabled is just it's 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 imperative that there is no other way forward I mean, and I think, you know, to, you know, it's, you know, being someone who's obviously neurodiverse, um, mm-hmm. what a lot of organisations will do is they, they will turn around and say, well, actually, we're really, really big on neurodiversity. 
And my yeah. question is like, that's fantastic. But what about disability? Mm-hmm. And they're like, they're thrown because it's like, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, you know, it's horrible being dyslexic and having dyspraxia and maybe having ADHD or my, like myself being autistic. Mm-hmm. But again, you we have amazing technology that can actually be, you know, really helpful and to utilize yeah. for our jobs. But that doesn't change the basis of what is it like being a disabled person within the corporate sector? And, yeah. you know, we'll get into that in a, in a little bit. Because I, the reason why I'm smiling is I've got a really good, I've really got a really good answer. What I'm doing. <laughs> I'll, uh, well, I'll this, this honestly transitions genuinely seamlessly. Like I'm almost impressed with myself, but I actually can't take credit for it. It's just the way the conversation is <laughs> naturally flowed. But I like to think about how, or how not it really depends on the person but how has the work that you do now in your career been affected Mm. by your disability that's a fantastic question you know as I said I started my job March of last year really Mm. not not knowing what I was going to expect you know in 2020 I lost my job to disability discrimination um, yeah. probably one of the most challenging uh, times of my life. In 2016, I got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, six wow. months later, I ended up having a stroke. Um, going back into light duties, um, I then was challenged by a fraudulent redundancy. What we challenged, um, you know, I think the fact of the matter is the previous company that I worked for, I think they took one look at me and thinking, well, this, this disabled person doesn't know anyone. We can kind of par him off, make him make him a yeah. fraudulent redundancy, but they don't realise that I have friends that are <laughs> disabled, um, right? Like I actually have some very high-profile people in my life. Yeah. Um, one of which uh, a, a young lady called uh, Annette Evans, who is the was the HR manager um, of the company where I work right now. Mm-hmm. um I went as you know we went to church and I said to her I said Annette I've got this letter um you know I've just been made redundant could you please take a look at it she took one look at it and she started laughing I was like I was like scared that I've lost my cleaning job right yeah. and she's looking at this and she's laughing and I'm like like this isn't funny and <laughs> she was like I know, right? I laugh at it now, but she looked at this and she was like, this is not real, Chris. It's actually fake. And I wouldn't know. My mother wouldn't have known. And within 24 hours, they reinstated me in my job. Within 24 hours, um, we got called into the office um, to then, you know, sat down and then Annette come with me said oh yes we've been you know we've, we've had a little bit of food we food for thought um and we're going to offer you your job back and Annette was like well no because he never lost his job in the first place um and then challenged them they thought that she was a solicitor and she's like no 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 I'm I I actually work within one of the biggest fintech um companies in in in, in Europe um yeah. and I'm the I'm HR manager and um and she says um, so you're not she's like no but I actually study HR law and they've got the H they got the, the you know the HR with my manager present and to, you know to cut a long uh, you know a long story short 
um, you know, we I come out there better off. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. After, but in 2020, I lost my job to disability discrimination. Um, mm -hmm. But the the truth be told, as I said, I was on a self love journey, right? Um, yeah. In that trying time, you know, you know, battling two terminal illnesses, going through that process, and then coming out of this to now work within this amazing space where I work now. So I work for an organization called Thread. Thread is a fintech company where mm -hmm. I have the pleasure to go to this beautiful office every day, right? I'll send you a picture later on. You'll be like, yeah, what? Do. Where do you work, right? It's beautiful. Um, you know, I walk into this hotel-like building every day and go go there, work with some amazing colleagues. But as you said, it wasn't, you know, I did not know what I was going to expect when I first, you know, walked into mm -hmm. this company. My manager at the time, you know, Steph, who is one of the most greatest joys of my life, she <laughs> was the lady that interviewed me. Uh, it, well, it weren't even an interview, really, um, because my friend Annette, who obviously was in yeah. there with me, she basically said, look, I've got, I've got a guy who could do this job um, and I really would love for you to give him an opportunity. She mm -hmm. said, uh, that would be absolutely, you know, okay, no problem. Oh, by the way, he has Down syndrome and he's autistic. Um, what? <laughs> uh, but to cut a long story short, I got the job um, and, um, you know, literally within three months, I led Disability Awareness Month, um, yeah. you know, and then from there, um, they have just supported me ever since. Anything that I've needed, the reasonable adjustments have just been there. It's a yeah. beautiful, beautiful company to work for. And I'm so inspired every time I walk into the office with the love and support that I get. As I said, there's colleagues there that have children and family members with disabilities. And, you know, they have come around me. They've supported me. They've loved me. They've encouraged me. They've welcomed me in with open yeah. arms you know and yeah like I say it's the greatest joy walking into work every day and just seeing my colleagues faces calling them my colleagues still feels weird to me but yeah my <laughs> I love that so much because it comes back to that representation and mm. and actually that like not giving in mm. not giving in to to what you know other people perceive about disability because quite often and this is this is actually just a known fact is that disabled people get told about themselves all of the time Absolutely. people love to have a comment about you what you can and can't do whether you're a health and safety hazard but actually there's so much strength and power in being like you know what shut up I know exactly what I'm worth I know exactly what I can do and actually I'm going to show you how I do it and you're just going to sit and you're just going to watch and you're just going to learn Absolutely. And I mean, I think, you know, it's what the opportunities what's arised for me, um, you know, mm -hmm. being in this in this organisation that I work for. So, you know, last year, um, sorry, what's about last year, beginning of this year, shall I say, <laughs> I, um, you know, to keep my, my, my mind open, I had the opportunity to speak at a conference here in London called Pay360, probably one of the biggest payment events in the UK um, mm. and actually I shared my story 
um, as a yeah. Down syndrome autistic person working within the corporate sector. Um, I stayed with with the, with my, the HR manager at the time, Annette, um, who was with yeah. me, as well as Joanne, who was the CEO CEO of the of, of that time as well. And we was on stage, and we basically shared our story. Um, obviously, it's quite groundbreaking because there's no one in the industry like me. So it yeah. it kind of shocked the waves a little bit, thinking, hold on a minute, this organisation thread has employed somebody with not just a disability, but someone who is special needs. And I think there's a massive difference here. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure you, you, you can appreciate we can talk about disability all you know until the cows come home. But I'm I'm on I'm um I have special needs, right? So being someone in the special needs community, not just in the disabled community, there's a whole different world because nobody wants to talk about special needs. No one wants to talk about special needs because they're like, oh, my days, where can we go here? They look to the left, they look to the right, they'll look at their yeah. watch, they won't know what to do. And I think the company had that bold move to turn around and say, actually, let's work with someone who has special needs as well as someone with a disability. And we're going to nurture him. We're going to love him. We're going to, you know, I have my own. I like to turn around and tell the CEO, you're not the only one with a PA. Because I also have a PA, right? Yeah. I also have a personal assistant, someone we actually got an organisation, as you're, I'm sure you're aware, called Access to Work. And mm. I have a support worker who comes with me every single day at my work and she sits with me and we, 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 do, we do my work. My work, my work never lacks. I'm always on time at my at my presentations, and I think one of the most groundbreaking things not not just being speaking at Pay Three Sixty, but was actually um, in July of this year. I'm still smiling because it's unbelievable. They flew me out to Amsterdam where I spoke at Money Twenty Twenty in front yeah. of thousands of people. I had every major fintech banking industry watching me for 20 minutes while yeah. I share my story about being a disabled person within the corporate space. And I think it, it runs up with the previous things that you were speaking about just a moment ago, that actually we are being that voice of change, getting those mm. opportunities to stand in front of those people that, you know, essentially are one of the most important people in the, you know, in the world. And they sat down and listened to me for 20 minutes and having people from MasterCard, Visa, come up to me and say, Chris, tell us about access to work. We don't yeah. know what it is. That yeah. there means that we're bringing a difference. This is yeah. going back to that whole united one thing at the moment where we can actually be one voice to create that change. And now we're hoping that we're actually going to get access to work more involved in more corporate spaces where we can bring more change and we can bring more disabled people into the corporate space. Yeah. So we've talked about your corporate like work. Mm -hmm. What about open book? Let's talk my, about that. My joy, my joy. Firstly, I have to mention James, James um, Horwitz, who basically is the other co-founder of open book, the silent mm -hmm. partner, the one that you don't hear about, the one who doesn't, doesn't scream and shout and say, yes, I'm part of this movement. We have to celebrate him for a moment because James is not disabled. James mm -hmm. has been brought up in a community that he's never really seen disability. 
But in 2020, I was in, I was on the stage of a mental breakdown, as you, as you can imagine, you know, mm-hmm. going back to back, losing my job and coming back from illness and start of that self-love journey. And James saved my life. James mm-hmm. saw me in a very broken state and actually come to me um, after a hundred DMs, literally said, Chris, I want to speak to you. And I was ignoring him, but he, he managed to get my attention. I spoke with him. Um, he actually paid for my counseling, mm-hmm. paid for my counseling. Yeah. Um, loved me when I was at my lowest of lows. And mm-hmm. he said, you have a voice, Chris. And we want to hear it. I started Open Book to encourage myself, mm-hmm. not realizing it was going to encourage hundreds, if not thousands, of people worldwide. And I had no idea that this platform was going to do this. I did yeah. it to, I wanted, like yourself, I wanted to interview, you know, incredible, exceptional people that had a story. I didn't want to hear about the negative aspects of things. I didn't want to hear about the how many hospitals, you know, how many hospitals, you know, the hospitalization that you've been in and operations yeah. had and the doom and gloom. I wanted to hear the positive things because I said I wanted to encourage myself and hearing these stories and I was encouraging myself. But then what happened is this person from America said, you know what, I heard that story from the, the lady in London. Can you put me in contact? And then, you know, we've yeah. got other, we're building this, this beautiful puzzle or tapestry, as it will, um, of people collectively coming together. And what that aided me then to do in the end of last year was to actually work alongside JD Sports, Foot Patrol, as well as Nike to put on a then we, we actually it was a, a, it was supposed to be an event of 70 people bringing mm-hmm. the able-bodied community and the disabled community collectively under one roof to share the disabled voice. 150 mm-hmm. people turned up, right? And what was amazing mm-hmm. by this is I wanted to be completely inclusive. I said earlier on about Jacob. Jacob who is obviously the special needs community. We got Jacob to design the T-shirt for the event. So people were wearing the T-shirt that Jacob designed. We wanted it to be completely inclusive. We wanted the non-disabled people in there as well, as well as to share, to hear and share the voices of of the disabled people. And I'm telling you, people were in tears, they were laughing. And what's wonderful, there's actually people in the non-disabled world that have made friends with people with, you know, with real strong disabilities and they connect and they, 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 they've met up with each other and, you know, they, they're doing it. You know, one, one person in particular that I'm thinking about, Warren, is actually going to be, um, you know, wheeling someone uh, in a marathon and they're actually going to be wheeling them, you know, in a marathon. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this comes from the event. This comes yeah. from Open Book. And that, for me, is is the greatest joy. Yeah. I I just love the fact that you're building, like you said, you're building like a tapestry of all different types of people. Mm. And, and, and it's making that crossover between different communities a lot easier. Mm. Because you know it's not always easy to stand like to step outside of your community because it is a safety net Mm. you know that's why people people like people stick together that's that's exactly how community works but actually Mm. 
being able to create that space where it's able to cross over and actually all, almost like cross pollinate and and have friendships built in different places and and hear and understand different voices and and that is imperative to change that's that's how change is made and i think that that's wonderful and it's it's one of those things that actually there's nothing there's nothing to be said but greatness from it and that's mm. that's like incredibly rare so mm. like well done you that's amazing well done us you know i have to shout out i know you've interviewed him as well charlie Tirza, chloe james myself it's not we're, we're a team you know yeah. and i think that's something so important that we're a team we've collectively come together to build this um yes i'm the i'm the face of it yes i'm the the co-founder of it but those individuals have had a massive impact to create this platform and yeah. you know i can't take all the glory i can't take all the credit you know shout out to the team yeah so we've done work we've kind of done a little bit of childhood and life mm. i was wondering is there a piece of advice that you would give your younger self upon reflection oh firstly don't be hard on yourself mm-hmm. um it's a process love the journey i think that's something that's so so important love the journey that you're on you know um i i've asked this question and i've never and i've never and i've never been it's never been on the other side so uh, you know um I feel that don't let your past dictate your present and what you do in your present will build you a better future and it starts by this write down five obtainable goals every single day that you can stick to just five for me it was literally getting up in the morning making my bed making my bed that simple two going downstairs and preparing your breakfast just preparing your breakfast three read and meditate just for a little while four go out for a walk it's important to be kind to yourself you know listen to a podcast Listen to something that just drowns out that noise. Something a little bit positive in your ears. And and five, remember who you are. Mm -hmm. Don't let let society dictate what you can and what you can't do. Those five goals that I started in 2020 and my Google calendar is completely full till next year now. But it started with five obtainable goals that I could do every single morning and I think that firsthand is so important because our you know there's a sad truth here you know yes there's some amazing individuals in our community that are doing groundbreaking things but there is people that I know that are going to be watching this that are stuck and they don't know what to do and they they, they look at us right and they're thinking I would love that opportunity to go out there and do this and do that and have this type of community around. You know, you can. Mm -hmm. We welcome you. We love you. 
and we're not we're not this we're not on this pedestal where a lot of people have put us on. We're not there. We're not build us. We're not. We're not. We're, you know, people might have put us on these pedestals, but I know for you and I, we've not put ourselves on this pedestal. <laughs> not, not, a, not at all. I know oh. everyone can reach out to me. Every DM that I get, I respond to. Every mm -hmm. message I get on LinkedIn, I respond to. I may not be able to do, as you know, like how many times have I tried? You tried to get me in, but mm -hmm. I've been. I turned around and be like. Don't worry, I'm gonna be here. You've got me, and I mean it. This isn't this isn't our last time of communicating. Believe no. me, you got a friend <laughs> for life right now, sis. And this is the thing, right? We are we are here for our community. You know, yeah. I, I you know, we are here for you because we want you to win, just as I know that you want us to win. So that's my my but I would tell my younger self. You know, mm -hmm. five obtainable goals, Chris, and you can go out there and do anything you want. So off the back of that, is there a piece of advice that you would give to a younger person who has the exact same disability as you? Mm, that's interesting because I don't know many. I'm going to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, I know down people with, with Down syndrome. You know, obviously, that's my community. I classify myself as someone with Down syndrome because I have it's 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 Down syndrome. Yeah. I look at Ellie, Ellie Goldston, the first Gucci model who has Down syndrome, the yeah. Barb, the face of Barbie. Right. Mm -hmm. We we were very fortunate to have her at the event speaking. A groundbreaking moment for me when I was sitting next to her there's a picture I sent it to you sitting next to her and I look and I was looking at her and I, I think to myself if I'd have only been her age and had that type of confidence I could rule the world I was literally <laughs> thinking that right I could rule the world uh, you know yeah. I could really rule the world and you know I say to anyone with Down syndrome you can go out there and rule the world you can be exactly who you want to be. You know, don't let society say to you that you can't do this and you can't do that. What? Are you telling me someone with Down syndrome can work within payments, work within a corporate space? You're having me on. No, it can't happen. Won't happen. Well, it has. Well, yeah. so hold on a minute. So, yeah, but you, 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 you have Down syndrome, but surely you're never going to leave your mother on a father's side. I'm actually, I'm in my own home that I've bought, right? But you'll never get a good education. I've got a doctor in. So whose report and who are you going to believe? Yes, yeah. I was brought up in a special needs school. Yes, it was challenging. Yes, it took me a lot longer to get what I've got right now. I'm 44 mm -hmm. years old. And I'm only just started living my life. Yeah. But who said that there has to be a time zone on it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, that comes back to that representation. Absolutely. It comes, it all, it all. Always oh, comes back. So, so flawless. Today it's just circling back so well. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> but actually it does, it always circles back to that representation and actually... Mm -hmm if you're showing up in those spaces and, it, and if you're there 
that only ever helps the younger generation and that only ever helps those who are below you and I don't mean Mm -hmm. below you as in like class whatever I mean like those Mm -hmm. who are not necessarily like as far on their journey as you are mm-hmm. and I'm a big big believer in that we stand on the shoulder of giants so we stand mm. on those who came before us mm. and so I think what's so exciting about even this conversation is that actually there are going to be people who are going to outdo both you and I from the disabled community oh, absolutely but I can't <laughs> wait to, like I can't wait to see them do it because actually yeah. They'll be stood on our shoulders because we've carved a path for them to be able to do it. Absolutely. And and isn't that like amazing? Essentially, that's what we all want at the end of the day, isn't it? To leave some form of legacy, be a bit happy and actually realise that we did some good in the world. And that's Absolutely. what is going on right now. Absolutely. I mean, I say this all the time, right? Well, I found something else. I found something else out the other day. Um, and this is power for you now being a, a woman, right? Well, I, yeah, <laughs> you being a woman, like, <laughs> I felt know, like it was really obvious. Well. Maybe you don't need to change that up. <laughs> you know, uh, but, no, but, um, you know, I found out that for women, it's, it would be 150, I think it's 150 years until the, men and women will be on the equal pay gap. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Now, imagine if you're disabled. Yeah, it's even bigger. So the reality is we probably won't see it in our lifetime. But what we can do is keep banging away and keep creating a dent. Mm -hmm. That's all we can do is keep Mm -hmm. creating a dent. And the bigger the dent we'll get, the hopefully we, you know, I always like to turn around and be a bit like a bit of a DJ Khaled here, right? I just (laughs) take I want to take the ceiling off, yeah? That's what I want to do. I remember DJ Khaled said, I want to take the ceiling off. And I was like, wow, yes, that's what I want to do. I want to take the ceiling off, yeah? God, did you know? But no, but so, but that's the thing. I think, like, that, that for me is what we're going to try and do is keep digging away, keep bringing that voice of change. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, you know, sometimes we, as you know, we can be on LinkedIn and it makes our world look so big because yeah. we've got so many people that we know and we're connected to. But yet the reality, it's really not that big, mm-hmm. right? It's really not that big. It can look big on our little world because in our little world, it it, it, all, it looks that way, right? Yeah. But I follow a friend of mine that's got like 30,000 following on his LinkedIn page and I and I popped onto his page the other day when I went up when I, at work and I was like wow this is not like my little 800 and something LinkedIn page where it's full of disabled people we're realizing when you're scrolling down his page there's nothing about disability right yeah. right it's it's on our page because that's our conversation that's who we are but it's not a big conversation. And I think that what we need to do is this. I'm going to challenge you right now. I'm going to <laughs> you, right? Uh, disabled and proud. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to challenge you if, if that's okay. Oh, I love a challenge. Come at me with one. This girl yeah. does CrossFit and wins. You know, you as a disabled woman, proud disabled woman, right? Mm-hmm. I want you to interview the non-disabled person and ask him them hard questions. Tell us about, tell us about the, you know, your world as someone who, you know, is who has a non-disability, you know, a business would be great. 
right? Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, interview that individual and say, would you employ someone with a disability? Would you employ someone with special needs? You know, you know, you hear about these statistics. I believe that you can be that voice of change. I I challenge you. Do you know what? I accept that challenge. I'll take that. I'll take good. it. I love I love a good challenge. Oh yeah. Oh watch <laughs> this space. Mm. <laughs> I actually I really I actually think that's a I love that challenge. It's gonna get done before the end of the year. Watch this Let's space. Do it. Let's do it. We could even we could we could even do it together. I was already thinking I'm gonna send you a little email after this, after this little thing that we're doing right now. We're gonna get it all booked in. I can't I have I actually think that that would be an incredible idea because I think mm. you're right in what you say is that actually our sphere, and this is something that actually I think about quite a lot, is that actually social media in particular can be an echo chamber. And that Absolutely. is and that is amazing, but also incredibly detrimental as well because the message is just getting bounced around the same echo chamber and it doesn't actually get out. It's almost like it's in a rubber ball and mm. it's not bouncing off the rubber ball. It's just inside. Absolutely. And actually we need to transfer that to other places because whilst it's good and well, and it's amazing that there are so many talented disabled people out there, if you're still stuck in this echo chamber, nobody's going to know. H how do we get outside of this? How do we have these conversations in places that actually need to have these conversations much more mm. so than in our own community? And also mm. does tie back to exactly what you're saying about the disabled community having one voice. Because mm. as we know, there are many different voices in the disabled community. There are many different opinions. Some of them are vastly different from the others and no one is right or wrong. There is no mm -hmm. right or wrong in this, but actually mm. sometimes the disabled community doesn't get it right. And that's also okay. But it's not something uh, that we're willing to, to to kind of accept because we're seen as educators or, you know, we put ourselves in the fire alarm to be educators. So when, mm -hmm. when we do slip up, it almost seems like it's 10 times worse than if like average Joe blocks. Exactly, exactly. culture. Um, yeah. And you know what? I, 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 I find that funny because you can't cancel that something that is owned. And I and I, and I, and, <laughs> I know, love and, that. Yeah, so like people could turn around to me. I mean, it's, it's funny, right? Um, a friend of mine recently, you know, he, you know, he's, you may know him actually. I'm not going to mention his name because, you know, he probably would surely I like this, but he said something the other day. It was like, you know what? Just wish disabled people would just. Just get off their high horse and just. I know exactly who that was. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but he's disabled. He's disabled, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I was like, what? And I was like, whoa. But you know, he's right. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Wow. I won't, like I said, I'll, I'll get him on the podcast because I let him explain it a little bit better than me. But the reality is that. He, we need these type of forward thinking people. We mm -hmm. need certain individuals as well that will challenge the narrative, right? And yeah. really kind of, you know, look, you know, there's, you know, I, I love, I love my disabled community. I love my unhidden disability family as well, right? You know, I, you know, I, I've recently learned more about unhidden disabilities, right? Because mm -hmm. my focal point has always been physical disability as someone who's yeah. a 
physical disability, right? So I'm always, my always look and my overview are people with physical disabilities. If that mm -hmm. be blind or if you're deaf or if you have one arm or one hand or, you know, yeah. or whatever, right? We have a tendency to sometimes forget people with the unhidden disability, those with, with chronic illness or and, yeah. and so forth. And I've taken a look and I've taken a, a good question where I'm like, said certain things and they're like, yeah, but Chris, I'm disabled. And they're like, yeah, but there's a but there. So then I'm wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. So when at the mm -hmm. moment that I put a but there, I'm I'm in the wrong. So I've had to re-educate myself i've had to sit there and listen and really listen and really get it and i'm like wow chris you've got to rethink mm -hmm. rethink your things you've, you've got more learning to do we never stop learning and i mm -hmm. think this is the thing right sometimes we can you know i, I said i said this to my, well, my mom said to me chris the pen is mightier than the sword and i was mm -hmm. like no mum it's not and she was like what I said because in order to rewrite the history the sword needs to be drawn in order to to bring forth change and the mm -hmm. sword I'm referring to is our mouths the yeah. very thing of what you're doing right now is your big your, your your mouth is is a tool it's a weapon to bring forth that change and that for me is the wonderful thing what you and I are doing right now in this conversation because we're bringing forth that change. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think everything that you just said is exactly spot on. And, and it's not that we don't love the disabled community. We love the disabled community. There oh. are some of our favorite people and our favorite, it's our safe space and it's our humans and we love them so much, but it's because we want to see the change. We want everybody to be on board and we want everybody mm -hmm. to push. And, and that's mm -hmm. because that's just the type of people we are. We're, we're probably like people who push people, right? Like I I, mm. I am, like I can rub people up the wrong way because I'm like, just do better. Mm. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm. And, and, it, and it is that. And it's being able to be like, actually, sometimes that's probably not what everybody needs. But equally, no. like, this is the journey and this is the where we're all going. So let's, and, and as you said earlier, let's all be one voice and let's all go together. Because if we don't go together, what's, what's more impressive, right? A stampede of ants or two ants? Mm. No, yeah, stampede because I'd absolutely, I'd actually shit myself if like a hundred ants came in my room right now. I'd, I would cry. I would be like, no, I can't handle this. But if two came in, I'd be like, what are you doing? Like, leave. Stamp, stamp. You yeah, know, exactly. I'm not even a stamp, stamp, just stamp. Right. Yeah, like squish. Bye. Squish. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you know, Hoover. You know, Mark. But you know, done. You know, um, you know, you know, out of your thoughts. But no, but you're right. I think you know. This is what's important of why it's important mm -hmm. to come together in one, one voice. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm actually going to have to, you know, we're going to have to speak after this because there's something like a project that I'm working on right now that mm -hmm. I'd love for you to get involved with. And I think you're you're the right person that we can get involved in this project that oh, I'm looking amazing. to do by the end of this year. And um, it's back down to what we said about what this whole conversation is about. It's been about representation, right? And yeah. I think that that's what I hope we can call the title of this conversation. Um, Ooh, representation fact, with Chris and Brooke. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know what? In actual fact, we could even turn around and call it, well, you could turn, not my, not my podcast. Um, what, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, what good looks like, you know, what good looks like or what, you know, I think, you know, for me, I am so impressed by you. I've, oh, I've seen... You. 
I've seen your hard work. I've seen the dedication. I've seen you push. You know, I, you know, and I'm sure you've got you've got stories and like Chris, I was ready to give up six months ago, a year ago. But you know what? There's that little voice inside me that seems telling me, push on, push mm -hmm. through. And mm -hmm. I mean, by the look of your face, I'm right, yeah? I'm yeah. right. Yeah. Because you know what? I've been there, right? Yeah. I've been there. I said earlier on before we started the year that I've had. You yeah. know, it doesn't need to be dust right now. But the very thing about it is that little voice inside me says, you know what, still Chris? There. It's still there. It's you've got to keep going. You know, mm -hmm. we, we, there's a reason why we're doing this, you know. Um, and I just want to say firsthand, I'm so proud of you, Brooke. Oh, thank you. That actually means a lot. <laughs> I get, so I get emotional when people tell me things like this because I don't always know how to handle it. I'm very upfront and saying that sometimes... I don't know how to accept a compliment because I just do what I do and I don't know how to not. <laughs> well, you but know, thank you. Yeah, I want to give you your flowers because you truly deserve them. Oh, thank you so much. I only have one final question for you, and I already know the answer, and I know you also know the answer as well. But I just want to take this moment to say thank you so much for being on the pod. Thank you so much for reaching out, and like I've absolutely loved this conversation, and it's come full circle so many times that actually it's been such a beautiful dance between the two of us with our opinions and how it's flowed I've genuinely loved it so thank you but my final question for you is Chris are you disabled and proud I am disabled and proud oh love it it's been so good <laughs> <laughs> oh like I said thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to come on I've loved this conversation and I think everything that you're doing is incredible and it's all about representation and it's all about you know showing up in those spaces where like we said traditionally disabled people are not are not there and that's incredible for for so many people for so many younger generations you're you're that first person so thank you so much for giving up your time to be here Listen, it's been an absolute joy. I want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, I want to say thank you to everyone that's going to listen to this, that will comment, that will reply, that will reshare. It's important that you do. These conversations matter. It's all well and good that you can listen to these amazing, you know, conversations with what Brooke is doing. But you commenting, you sharing means a massive difference. We need to get those algorithms right so we can then go bring forth um, to a wider audience, to the voices that, you know, to the ears, shall I say, that need to hear this. Um, and that's to the non-disabled person, guys. They're the voices that need to, we need to stop preaching to the choir. Yeah. It's time yeah. now to turn around yeah. and start bringing... <laughs> Bring the gospel of the disabled community out there far and wide so everyone can hear it. But um, oh my God, imagine the outfits we could wear. We could wear some really cool oh, stuff. Oh, Preaching. Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. I can I can I can I can see you already in your pink hat and your yellow trousers, <laughs> you know. Well in actual fact, when I see this beautiful book collection, I'm imagining your outfits are gonna be just, you know, colour coordinated, right? <laughs> you know you're you're not wrong i do like a color coordination it's it's a known fact <laughs> i love that myself that's the point when, on the second interview we ever do you've got to talk to me about fashion i love fashion 
Part two. You heard it here first. It's coming yeah. your way. Exclusive, 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 exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Thank you so much. And I'm already excited for part two. Let's do it. I'm on it. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast.